This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI TV. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown. Ryan Delahanty is a content development specialist for AMI based in Atlantic Canada. He won the news quiz yesterday, and his reward is coming on to give you a regional report. Hey, good morning, Ryan. Good morning. Nice to be back, Dave. I'm still uh, in my victory celebrations, but I thought I'd take a break to uh, join you today. I'm surprised the people of Halifax didn't surround you with bottles of champagne yesterday and just drench you with your with your big win. Hey, Ryan. We're working on a parade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, just a small parade. Doesn't need to be a big one. Doesn't even need to be down Argyle Street. It can be one of the smaller streets for the parade. Uh, Ryan, let's reflect on a show that meant a lot to both of us. AMI This Week wrapped up it's, I think it's 10 years of broadcasting last week uh, for the last ever episode before the show uh, moved on. So we celebrated 10 years last week with the very last episode. And I know you've been working with the Halifax team over the years. And I'm wondering if you have any memories of ATW pieces. Quite a few. It was really exciting when we got to contribute. I think we started participating in the show back in 2013 when our first uh, bureau producer was brought on board. We got uh, Andrew Pickup as a videographer. And I have lots of really fond memories from all the people we met, the different events we got to attend. A couple that maybe jump out to me would be the truck convoy for Special Olympics. And this was a fundraising event where 100 big rigs uh, left a military base, I think it was Shearwater, and drove in convoy formation across the city to raise funds and awareness, each truck with a Special Olympian riding shotgun. Um, We got them departing from the base and then raced to find a scenic overlook to uh, get a shot of all these big rigs coming around the bend with the water in the background. It was quite lovely. Uh, But then we were stuck behind a convoy of 100 trucks and wanted to beat them back to the military base to get their warm reception as they arrived. And so pulled out a map, tried to see if there was a shortcut (laughs) where we weren't stuck behind them in traffic and could kind of scoot, got back, parked, got the camera out, and then they all started arriving. So it was pretty thrilling. Uh, You know, it was a pretty novel experience for me. Uh, We had a similar experience at the uh, pumpkin regatta in Windsor, Nova Scotia. So there every year, uh, people would go to Dill's Farm, which is quite famous, uh, home of the Long Pond, where uh, some people claim to be the birthplace of hockey. Uh, And so uh, there they take the giant pumpkins, hollow them out, hopefully not too much, carve them into boats, and then paddle these giant pumpkins across uh, the lake there. And so similarly, uh, everybody's in town for the big event. Uh, we tried to, you know, get everybody launching and then race our way across the lake to the finish line uh, to get everybody arriving. So that was also somewhat thrilling. Uh, some kind of surreal moments. There was Halipack, which was a short-lived 
a life-size game of Pac-Man through downtown streets in Halifax with people in ghost and Pac-Man costumes. <laughs> uh, so that was a lot of fun to get that checked out. Um, things like the accessible tall ship that visited were really remarkable. Uh, we also got to attend the 2013 Mobility Cup, uh, which was in Halifax. The organizers were so gracious, such great hosts. Uh, they organized a little boat to take us out and getting footage from the water of the racing action. Uh, and they actually just held their 2022 edition in North Sydney the other week. Uh, I met somebody on the plane who was going there to volunteer. So uh, still a, a great event every year, mm. uh, wherever that is in Canada. Uh, and there's just so many others. It's hard to mention them all, but it was just such a, a great opportunity to get out in the community, meet so many interesting people, uh, many that we would come to work with uh, in more detail, mm -hmm. uh, more extensively in later years. Like in uh, 2014, we attended the Art of Disability Festival, where we first met author uh, Vicky Levac, uh, who uh, was there to promote uh, a piece of uh, erotic vampire fiction. Uh, but she's gone on to be a very prominent disability activist in Halifax. Ryan, one of the things that as I draw a connecting line through all of those pieces that you just mentioned, so much of AMI this week was about connecting to the community and going to community events, being present. When I first, first started working for AMI in the spring of 2011, I don't even know if necessarily AMI this week was sort of the show that it eventually became. But the first ever story I did for AMI was at a Canadian Paralympic Committee event setting up ahead of the London 2012 Olympics or Paralympics. And it was just an event where we were present and meeting people involved. The second event I ever covered for AMI in the fall of 2011 was when, at the time, what was Courage Canada, which eventually became Canadian Blind Hockey, was doing their rollerblading across the country. And we got to meet people like Mark DeMontis and Matt Mor Morrow and learn about what their vision was for this organization that has just grown and grown and grown over over the years similar for me man I, all these times i got to spend out in the field i remember going to like a million different kind of fund fundraising events like the easter seals drop zone getting an opportunity to go to an event for an organization that was resettling syrian refugees and getting to meet some of the refugees and learn about the business they were starting in the ottawa area and talking about social inclusion as a broad fabric beyond just disability the thing about AMI this week that made it wonderful was that so many times it was so deeply integrated and present in the community in real time. Absolutely. And it was such a, a privilege to be a part of that. And, you know, we could still do it, but maybe not at the uh, same volume, being able to get out and do these shorter uh, stories and just kind of be wherever the community is. So, uh, you know, and it would just made such a great foundation to uh, to get connected to all these organizations and build those relationships that we're able to uh you know, utilize them and get their content uh, in different ways on the channel. But it yeah. was uh, such a, a an amazing time. So it was really great to be a part of it. And it's a huge credit to the producers and videographers who unfortunately were let go through some restructuring at AMI. The work they did in the field, making content for this network for years and years, you cannot replicate what they did with that in the field work. So we're going to miss all those folks uh, desperately. And there's certainly a lot of folks who are still hanging around. For example, we got Alex Smythe. We picked him away from the ATW family and Michelle Dudas is still in the work. And there's lots of the other reporters who are still out there within the company, but uh, we're definitely going to miss the execution of that show and what it had to offer for this network and for the audience. So uh, a bon voyage to AMI this week. But speaking of AMI programming, 
our community still kicking about, including a new episode, Vicky's Fight for Freedom. You just mentioned Vicky Levesque. So what can you tell us about Vicky's Fight for Freedom, this new episode of our community? When we first met Vicky uh, at that Art of Disability Festival, um, didn't really know her full story, just saw her representing the book that she had published. Um, but she's become such a prominent member of the community, a uh, real activist. And um, she started to make the news a little bit more last year uh, in relation to this longstanding human rights complaint against the province. I've updated you on a few times uh, related to the warehousing of people with disabilities and not having proper uh, sort of small options group settings in the community. And so she spent the entirety of her 20s living in a nursing home as there were no appropriate assisted living options, uh, you know, properly in the city. And she'd become a very vocal critic of the government's lack of action on this issue. And last year she was selected, probably because she was such a vocal critic, to be part of a pilot project that was to test out a new assisted living scenario that's far better integrated into the actual community. And so this documentary uh, with Rachel Bauer Productions, who we've worked with a few times, and other our community episodes. She did a great profile of artist Anna Kwan. Uh, we took a similar approach where Vicky is the narrator. She is the writer of this documentary and really giving a first person account of her experience uh, being selected for this um, pilot project. Uh, the slow unfolding of things, you know, government projects don't always go according to schedule. And, uh, and then the bigger picture of this human rights case and her fighting for housing, not just for herself, but for other people with disabilities. And she's been very active fighting uh, homelessness issues and uh, the underhoused uh, and advocating on their behalf. So really amazing lady and wanted to show uh, kind of her story and why this is so important to her. And uh, so you can check out that documentary on ami.ca on our YouTube. Uh, and also if you're in Halifax, she actually has a one woman show at the Halifax Fringe Festival. There's a performance tonight at about 8.50 p.m. And then again on Friday. So if you want to see Vicky's show, Musings of a Mad Woman, uh, you can visit Halifax fringe.ca for details and tickets there. You've actually got a clip here that you wanted us to share of Vicky's fight for freedom. This is a clip of Vicky speaking. Let's roll it. I call this a fight for freedom because no one should be warehoused. No one should be forced to live somewhere they don't want to simply because of who they are and what they need. Gordon McNeil is a Dowsy legal aid lawyer who focuses on human rights. She recently presented a case to the Court of Appeal of Nova Scotia, which found that there is systematic discrimination in this province against people with disabilities um, to get access to the community. She said, would you like to get out of the nursing home? And I said, wait, that's an option? And she said, well, technically what they're doing to you is against your human rights. So, hell yeah, it's an option. And I said, oh, well, if it's legally wrong and not just morally wrong, then we should do something about that. Vicky's Fight for Freedom, as Ryan mentioned, can be found on AMI.ca or on the AMI-tv app for Android or Apple devices. Ryan, once we've made the trip into those devices or onto that website, you wanted to give one more shout out to an episode of our community that was a little bit more on the risque side. So my ears are perked up. I don't know if it's vampire erotica, but tell me about accessing pleasure. Uh, unfortunately, no. Well, 
Maybe fortunately for this instance, uh, not vampire erotica, but uh, it's related to the Tetris Society, who uh, I think a lot of us have been big fans of. They do some amazing work across the country, uh, designing different gadgets and custom solutions for people with disabilities where there's not a uh, sort of off-the-shelf mass market product available to serve that purpose. So I was really curious to hear they were partnering here in Halifax with Venus Envy, an award-winning education-based sex shop and bookstore, for a pilot project making more accessible sex toys for people with disabilities. Uh, so working again with Flow Video, who's made a few of our communities for us, uh, we were able to meet one of the participants and the representatives from, from Tetra, Venus Envy, and the Dalhousie engineering students who volunteered their expertise to create a custom device. So really interesting seeing uh, the need for it expressed, uh, kind of what's on the market now, and uh, these students and their process with uh, taking on something I think a little bit different than what their curriculum would offer. Um, so you can also check out that episode, as you said, on the app and uh, ami.ca. And if you're interested in Tetra and all the things they do, sex toy related or not, uh, TetraCon 2022 actually starts tomorrow. It's a free virtual event for anybody across Canada. And you can register now by visiting tetrasociety.org slash tetracon. Tetrasociety.org. That is some good stuff right there. They do fantastic work. We've talked about them a bunch of times on the show, and we're always delighted when we get the chance to do it. Just like we're always delighted to catch up with you, Ryan, you have yourself a great day out there in Halifax, and we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thanks. That is Ryan Delahanty, a content development specialist for AMI. As mentioned, you can find these episodes of our community or the AMI This Week archive at ami.ca. You can also find them on our app, the AMI-tv app for Apple and Android, or head over to our YouTube page. You can also find featured clips from Now with Dave Brown. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.